Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. On episode 48 of the Galen Trombley Show, we had Coyer staffing in the building. Um, we had we were joined by Elizabeth Gerlitz, Coyer, David Coyer, Meg Lefave, Kevin Patnode, and Sarah Brennan. Uh, we touched a lot on the RAMP program. That's a program that they've started and an initiative that they're doing with uh, local schools to help kids coming out of high school, going into the workforce to prepare them for that transition. Uh, there's a lot of good that they're doing with that. And overall, these guys are very active within our community and are doing a lot of cool things and have a very good mindset and goals and plans as to where they want to hopefully uh, bring our area to in the future and, and leave it in a better place. So um, like I said, this was a very great conversation. Uh, all incredible uh, individuals, but as a team, they're even stronger. So I hope you guys enjoy episode 48 of the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to episode 48 of the Galen Trombley Show. Um, today, our guest is Coyer Staffing, and I actually am just going to say Coyer Staffing because I think we have almost the entire office here. We have a lot. I don't know. How, we have how one, many people do you guys one have? One one-hundredth of the entire office. One one-hundredth? <laughs> that, then we're doing well. So it's a very big, it's, I think, our, our largest company in upstate New York. No, it's a, so no, they, they are a... Um, Fun group of people. I um, follow them on social media, and I see that you guys everywhere at events. And so we have. I'll go around. I'll say everybody's name, and I'll let you guys kind of expand on that. So we have David Coyer. We have Elizabeth. I'm just gonna say Coyer. Is it Gorlitz Coyer? There we go. Mm -hmm. And then we have Meg Lefave. We have Kevin Patnode, and we have Sarah Brennan. So we have a good mix of everybody. I know we have brand new Sarah up to founders up to and anybody in between. So. so I'll start off with you guys um, and kind of just give us a little background on Coyer Staffing. When did it come about and kind of the whole general gist of the company? Starts off, um, <laughs> <laughs> Coyer Staffing started, what, three years ago, 2016. Um, I think officially launched June 2nd at the Business Expo that year, but we clearly had to put some uh, items into place and put some ducks in a row to make that happen. And uh, we've been a, a fast-growing staffing agency in downtown Plattsburgh since then on a tear and uh, still growing like a weed. Okay. So, and so a couple of things I, I found in 2016, but um, you guys just moved into your new location on Margaret Street, right? Yep. How's that going? Perfectly. Yeah, good. Yeah. We, uh, we, like I was just telling you guys, we moved up here a few months ago and we're, it's a little chaotic. There's certain things. There's boxes all over the place that hopefully will be soon packed up, but I'm sure you guys are probably have that. And like I said, move, anytime you move... There's always stuff you're filing through. Yeah, so we know all about that. Yeah, and, and uh, so moving there, that's obviously a good thing. Usually, growth comes with getting. I'm assuming probably a little bigger space or better use of space for you guys. Yeah, for us, I joke that uh, we didn't really get more space. We just got a better parking lot. Uh, well, that helps but too. In our business, that means a lot because uh, candidates come in and they register every day, and uh, we were sort of overtaking the parking lot over at the Whitbeck building mm -hmm. and uh, causing some not uh, unfriendly 
uh, situations, but just conflicts in general. So having the larger parking lot really makes, uh, makes things better for everybody. But the space is more, I guess, uh, from a presentation standpoint, I feel like it's sort of more quote-unquote professional. Yeah. You know, there's higher ceilings, uh, new carpet, uh, the lighting. It feels like you're in a professional office. And the Whitbeck building was great, and uh, we had a lot of fun over there, but it was sort of a... Uh, we, we patched it together the best we could so that we could get our company off the ground as quickly as we could. Yeah, I was going to say, new, new companies, usually you're kind of, you're in that growth mode and a lot of it's just putting things together and that's, I think we have a lot of uh, similarities with that. Um, now the, for you guys, like what, I know this is, tell first off what you guys actually do. I mean, you're a recruiting company, but what's that entail? Like what's the general gist of bringing people on? And the other thing that you can do is also kind of describe what a typical day is at Coyer Staffing. Cause like I can tell people buying and selling real estate and we run around and my, my, nothing's ever the same in my life any day. It's always over, all over the place, but I'm sure there's a little bit of structure and I'm sure like you said, like kind of what is a day, normal day and what do you guys do for services? Well, as for structure, we do our best. Um, <laughs> there's always room for improvement. And as you know, we're a growing company. And, um, and so we're still, in some ways, getting established. Um, but really, I mean, we meet people all day long. And that's what we do. From the candidates coming in the door to clients who may be looking for our assistance. Um, you know, people are looking for meaningful employment and the companies locally are looking for people to fill the open jobs that they have. And we are help on both sides of that equation. So if somebody wants to, either side, if I'm someone that's looking for employment, obviously they can just show up at your, your doorstep and that's kind of the name of the game. But like when they go in, like what would, at that point, where are they directed? Like what's the experience if I'm going in looking for a job and I walk through Coyer Staffing's front door? like. What basically at that point, what takes place? Yeah, the retail experience is what I like to call it. Is um, you know you walk in and you you're greeted very warmly by our the front desk. Uh, I don't know if it's receptionist or what the position is, but the person at the front desk. Yes, greeter. And uh, you are uh, given a, a basic application to fill out. You uh, share some some information, and then immediately a recruiter comes out from. Uh, from the recruiter's offices, comes forward, brings you into a private interview room, and you have a, uh, a meaningful conversation about where you've been, what you've done, what you like to do, what you don't like to do, what are your skills, um, and, and kind of where you'd like to be. And that, that spectrum of conversation kind of changes from candidate to candidate, clearly. But uh, anybody from entry level all the way up to people who are uh, mid to high level executives will come in and have those conversations with us. Um, about how to land their next job, how to get, for some people it's how do I sort of advance my career, all the way down to, hey, I need work and uh, ideally uh, sooner rather than later. So, so a lot of these people could be entry level or like you said, they're coming from a position already, they already have a job. Yeah. They're coming in saying, how do I get to the next step or is there a place where I can grow at another company where it's maybe not, the ceiling's a little higher. Um, now, do you guys ever have anybody that comes in or do you ever deal with you know startups or entrepreneurs or people that go in and are like you guys are planning on running their own company, not necessarily going to work as an employer, employee, but an employer? Yeah, I mean, does that, that happen would be, too, or is there advising on how to go about doing that? It, we had that very conversation last week with an individual who's starting up his own uh, kind of lawn and lawn and tractor and maybe a landscaping yep. uh, company. Uh, he's still looking for a location. He's still uh, getting his business plan together, but he wanted to know. You know, how can a service like yours be beneficial to my business? Because, you know, I, I, 
if anybody who started a business knows that you know getting it all together all at once is a Herculean task. Uh, getting your workers' comp policy in place, get all the necessary insurances, uh, even having the cash flow to fund payroll in the short run can be challenging for a small business. Um, uh, we don't really like to be in the payroll financing business, but it's part and parcel of what we do. If somebody's on our payroll this week, uh, we pay their payroll. We submit the hours to our client. The client submits the hours to us. We submit an invoice to the client. The client pays us, and everybody moves down the road. But we find ourselves financing a lot of payroll every week uh, for a whole host of different companies around the area, whether you're an entry-level brand-new company or uh, if you are one of the larger employers in the area. Maybe Moldrate Plastics, uh, Spencer ARL, Nova Bus. Uh, so on and so forth. So, so for you guys, is there a mixture of... When people, Schluter Systems. Shout out, yeah. <laughs> so people come in and, um, you know, they could, obviously those candidates come in, but I'm assuming you guys have relationships with a lot of uh, companies, like you just mentioned. I'm sure a lot of those are clients of yours. Absolutely. And it, it probably ranges from Schluter, which has hundreds of employees, probably down to someone that has just very little, right? A little small business that needs help, you know, getting, even getting employee number two, three, four, or five in the door. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's um, now from a standpoint of a company. If a company wants to hire you guys, how does that go about? Like they say, hey, listen, I'm, obviously you have the bigger you have the bigger names, bigger companies. But if somebody's small, all the way up to those bigger scales, what's that entail for a company? Obviously, again, they call you up or go through the front door. But yeah, they, you know. we talk to them about what the you know we discuss what the pay rates are going to be for the individuals. We calculate a bill rate based upon uh, a whole host of factors, but most importantly, sort of what's the workers' comp. Uh, insurance associated with the position, if it's a high risk position, if it's a dangerous position, it's going to be a higher bill rate than if it might be a, uh, uh, a less dangerous position. Um, and that can go back and forth. If it's a position that's difficult to work, difficult to identify, uh, very few candidates in the marketplace, the bill rate might reflect that as well. Uh, so it could be sort of an effort based bill rate as opposed or in addition to a, uh, a risk based bill rate. Um, but outside of that, once you hammer out the bill rate, then we identify, uh, screen, uh, attract, present candidates to our client. They interview them largely, and they determine who they want to bring on. And for a period of time, if they're hiring in a contract to hire capacity for a period of time, then those individuals are courier staffing employees working at uh, XYZ company's location until they until some point in the future when the company says, I really like Jim, I really like Bill, I really like Debbie, and I want to roll them onto my payroll. What, um, so, so two questions for you. How, what is your current number staff-wise right now? Like every, everybody. I mean, you're, yeah, everybody that's under the Coyer staffing umbrella. Oh, you mean the people who are out working at other locations? It could be, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, people that are basically, yeah, I mean, if somebody goes, and I don't, I don't know what that entails, but you have people <laughs> that work in the office, there's people that are on the road for you too. Well, we have 14 people internally working with us at okay. Courier Staffing. And, yeah. Yeah. and out uh, at other locations working at the, some of the companies David mentioned earlier, um, we're right around 150. And they're in-house working at, like someone's at Schluter, someone's at Spencer ARC, or ARL, <laughs> ARL, right? And they're all there. And um, the other thing is from a standpoint of recruiting in, um, locally versus recruiting out, what is roughly the breakdown of that? Do you guys have a lot of recruiting coming out of the area, or is most of it local people that are getting jobs? Largely those positions are local individuals, local to Clinton County, Essex County, Franklin County, being mm -hmm. placed at a whole host of these different companies. Um, 
And when we do our direct hire service, which is a little bit different, the employees, the individuals that we place at the company, they're never our employees. They are placed at the client site, uh, and we uh, charge a fee for that service. Um, occasionally, those individuals are recruited outside the area. But we do national searches for companies depending upon the position. Yeah, that's what I figured, that you'd have ways to do that. So, okay, we're going to go around the table a little bit. So first off, we have Sarah. Yes. Brennan. Hello. So I'll get Sarah on the mic here. <laughs> Sarah's at the very far end of the table. This is the farthest I've ever sat from somebody in a podcast. So it's, um, make sure I can actually see and make eye contact. The, um, so Sarah, you're brand new to this. So what has been your experience? You've been here for how long now? Uh, let's see, going on a month tomorrow. Because I, I think the first time I saw you was, I think you guys were helping out the golf tournament. And yes. I think you had just switched over like very recently before that. That was my fourth day. <laughs> yeah, that was good. So that, that's a fun start already to the job. Yeah, it so, is definitely. But uh, so, so g give us your experience so far. A month in, you're brand new at this. It's kind of a, this is a different world from what you've been doing before, right? Do you have any background uh, in this? It is. So I have worked with this type of demographic before. I work with the Ramp program, so working with outgoing high school seniors. Um, but I, it's been an amazing experience so far. It's a very rewarding position. Uh, the entire courier staffing team is extremely welcoming. Everyone's more than willing to share their experiences, their knowledge, and meeting with the Ramp uh, prospective candidates and current candidates is great. So, so what, what does your job entail? Like, what's your position or what do you focus yeah. on it? Uh, so I am the RAMP coordinator and counselor. So I'm working with uh, RAMP participants to help connect them to meaningful employment opportunities throughout the community. Uh, they cycle in and out from different employers. They get an incredible amount of experience, diverse work, uh, whatever it is that they might be interested, that's what we try to connect them to. Uh, alongside of that, we provide them with training, educational opportunities. Uh, we're currently working with Clinton Community College on micro-certifications that our participants will be able to pursue. So it's, it's an amazing program and it's something that was missing in the area for sure. So, and I think this goes over, and I was, I was kind of creeping on him the other day. So, <laughs> so our... Uh, I, I guess you're considered the career counselor, but Kevin, I think you're the one that, if I, if I read this correct, you are helping people with their work muscle. And I would like to hear, because is, is he like the godfather of the ramp program? He kind of looks like, he's got a little bit of like the Dozeckis kind of going on. I don't know, but I mean, I'm looking at, I'm looking at him. He, he, he's going to, like I said, he doesn't always do it, but when he does. So what, what, what do you, um, like, so go into it also, Kevin, kind of expand on it, because I, I think the program's remarkable. I mean, I, from what I know, and I'm hoping you guys get into it a little bit more, but I, I, one of the things that I'm, and I'll go into kind of my viewpoints after, but I, I, I think the program is very needed, especially in like the 2019 work setting and the way that mm -hmm. companies are structured, the way that I think, um, like my views on college versus the workforce versus things like that are, are um, much different than I think when I went to school, which is, you know, 10 years ago, things, the outlook or the what was the social norm was much different than it is now. So I think what you guys are doing is incredible. So if you can just kind of expand on the ramp program, tell them. I found out. I, I figured it was an acronym, but I found out what it means. But go go into the whole thing. Well, first of all, I want to say that I think Dave and Elizabeth had this idea many years ago. I think they sat down in their living room and they talked about it. And they successful people see into the future. 
if you look at all the entrepreneurs, all the people who help their communities that, that are able to do very, very well, they have a tendency to have great foresight. And they came up with this idea. And I think they probably wanted to do it for a long time. But they were unable to until they started their own business. And uh, they got Meg on board. And it's, it's a program where the RAM program is fully designed to help these young people transition from high school to the world of work. And that's a big transition for a lot of people. And fortunately, <clears throat> the courier staffing team it's a nice group of people. They're genuinely concerned with who they deal with. And I could sit and tell you stories about how the ramp, how ramp has been vital in helping some of these young people make this transition. Uh, it just fills a huge void because, uh, you know, we push, and I'm not, I'm, I come from the world of education. I was a teacher for a long time and this fills a void that, that was always there, but no one seemed to want to really give it anything other than lip service. And they stepped up, they paid for the program the first year solo while they're starting this new business. And that showed how much they cared about their community and building the workforce and helping everybody, essentially. Yeah, so RAMP, stands for ready, able, marketable, and proven, right, is the, is the idea. And, and like I said, you guys can go into this. Um, is basically, what, what is the goal of the program or whoever wants to, like I said. Well, you, I you, think you, that um, when we were talking earlier about how Coyer staffing works, I, so I want Meg to pick up the microphone and start interject here. But, you know, <clears throat> a company is only a group of individuals who come to work every day and try to get something done in, in as effective way as they possibly can. Mm -hmm. And Elizabeth and I have the good fortune of being able to work well together. We have uh, complementary skills, interests, and abilities that certainly have been beneficial to our company and to everybody who works with us. But the addition of Meg Lefebvre to our team was just like gasoline on a fire because suddenly we had an individual who would take, you know, you know, there's a lot of things that we wanted to get going, a lot of ways in which we wanted to make certain our company was appropriately communicated. And, you know, Meg came on board and she didn't know what she wanted to do. She was interviewing us for a Strictly Business Magazine article and then afterwards said, hey, you know what, I like what I learned. I, maybe I wouldn't mind exploring working with you guys. And at first, she and I just worked together. I was doing some direct hire recruiting, and she was helping me out with that. And then, you know, if you hire bright people, you know, they bring interesting ideas to the table. And she came to work one day and said, I don't know about you, but I think we could use somebody who manages communications. And I was like, and we were like, yeah, what are you talking about? And she said, just, just let me do what I think is going to be best for us from a communication standpoint. And it was off to the races. Um, everything that we've done at Courier Staffing, the growth that we've experienced at Courier Staffing is certainly the collective effort of our recruiters every day, uh, payroll back office every day, the people at the front desk every day. We really view every position as critical and essential because they are, as you know, when you start a, a company, there's no extra 
free position laying around, but the communications efforts that have been led by Meg since we've launched the company have just been absolutely critical. And uh, she was also, uh, because of that, one of the core individuals to help create the ramp program with us through the ideas that we shared collectively and we started swirling around the room and you have, you know, then you sort of identify a superstar like Kevin and he's going to join the team. It's sort of like, what? This guy. Now Sarah. And and now Sarah. But I mean, you know, from Kevin, you know, we had this guy who had been a judge for so many years and been a teacher for so many years and then like, I I know that uh, my wife doesn't say as much on the mic as I do, but I know that she and I both, we get up every day and what's most amazing is we have true professionals who have had a lot of experience, who've already achieved a lot of success in their lives, who get up every day and say, I'm gonna go to work at Coyer Staffing because I like what they're doing and I believe in what they're doing. And for me, that's incredibly empowering and satisfying every day. So, and I, I agree on that. I, I've just swallowed some water, so I'm gonna cop, <laughs> gonna cop through this one. So, so may I go kind of tell your role on, like I said, I think, kind of keep expanding on, on what you guys do and also um, basically what it's set up. I mean, I know it's meant to help, you know, kids in uh, high school that may be looking to go either to college or to the workforce or decide besides writing a paper in 10th or 11th grade saying these are a couple um, things that I may want to get into, but it's actually going on being hands-on, really understanding what the job world entails like with the real world when you're outside of the walls of, the, of high school or even college um so yeah kind of expand on that like what, what's your ultimate what's your goals how do you help the students um, what are some of the projects or some of the events or some of the hands-on activities that you guys would do well first of all just briefly going back to what david and kevin were just saying elizabeth and david i believe built this company thinking that there are no limits and they've given that gift to everyone who works there. And so talk about being empowered to be able to come to work every day and build something from the ground up. Kevin's laughing over here because it's just, to want, a lot of people probably want to do that in business, but to actually implement that and do that every day is a whole whole entire different thing. And, Mm -hmm. And they're doing that and we're living it and enjoying it and having a lot of fun. But at the same time, sometimes it's scary because we're just like going a million miles an hour and we say yes to everything and we want to be everywhere and... Um, and you guys are. We'll get into that later. But yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so... Well, we're here um, now. Yes, yeah. Yeah, they're all here. They, they literally brought the whole squad. So it's cool. <laughs> no, there's a bunch of people back at our office doing a lot of work. So if you want to go meet with a recruiter... Well, that would be the second show. Yeah. We'll bring the second wave in. It's like we'll swap the lines out for the hockey lines. But to really get to the heart of the ramp program, David and Elizabeth saw that there was a population in our community that was graduating from high school every year, probably uh, 30%. We, we have local high school guidance, guidance counselors are estimating 30% of high school seniors are graduating without a plan. And we want to be that plan. We want them to help. We want to help them enter the workforce in entry-level positions to get a variety of diverse work experiences and to grow and learn about themselves, learn about what they want to do, what they don't want to do. It's an incredibly hard decision to make when you're 17 or 18 years old what you're going to do for the rest of your life and most likely you're not going to do one thing for the rest of your life. 
So get some experience under your belt. Understand what's going on in our community, which is amazing. A lot of people have been working really hard for the last 25 years or so to get us to where we are right now. And we're at the point where we can like really explode that with this entry level workforce. So I'm going to jump back because there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about there. So when I kind of the same idea, I've looked back now, I did uh, graduate high school, went got a four year degree at Plattsburgh State. Um, the funny thing was, I went to, and I'll tell you what I actually did versus what I wish I've done now in hindsight, even though I'm not, we joke, I'm not that old, but you still can look back 10 years ago and say, this is what I wish I would have done, is I went, I did all my classes, I got like very high, whatever, the Regents Diploma thing, so I took all the courses, took all the sciences, took maths, all this stuff, then I went to college, did the whole four-year program, did an internship, which to be honest, the internship, the, the really the only thing I got out of it, which is a very uh, big blessing, was it, it showed that I did not want to go into the degree I was going into, which happens for a lot of kids. Um, and I, luckily for me, I already had my real estate license in college, so I've been doing this for many years now. And it was just simple transition in, but it really got me focused on that's what I want to do. Now that's different than a lot of people, but even going back then, I wish in ninth grade I would have taken more technology classes, computer classes, which were offered. I was always under the assumption you take your main courses, go to college and kind of do that. I would have wished I did that. I wish I would have went to CV Tech and learned a vocation. And then I wish I would have just right out of eight, eight, uh, eight, well, 18 had gone into some type of workforce or, which I'm going to probably talk on later, just like my, my basically real estate is very easy to get into. You take, a, I mean, a monkey can do it, to be honest. To, to stay in the business takes a lot, but to get into the business, there's a very low barrier entry. Um, which is good or bad for, for some for some people or the industry, but the idea that you could go in and maybe take a couple specialty courses versus going in and retaking stuff that you learned in high school through gen eds, because I, I think the college system, unless you're going for a very professional degree as like a doctor or a teacher or attorney that it's needed, I think is a very big, um, you know, a very big hurdle and, and kind of a disservice to kids coming out of college that take on all this debt that will spend 10, 15, 20 years paying it off, um, which I think limits them in a lot of aspects that they could be enjoying or building their future instead of having to pay for the past kind of deal. So kind of what I wanna go around the room is, cause I think this is gonna prove a lot of your points is, so we'll start with David. What did you wanna be when you, at 18? Like what was your plan at 18? And I think what's gonna be funny is that probably going around, a lot of you aren't doing what you intended to do at 18, which I think probably shows kind of what you guys were, were doing, and maybe you are, maybe you were like, I want to be heading my own company as a recruiter, but most people come out, I know I came out with no plan. I went to college undecided, it was between teaching and business, I went business, I was still undecided, and then I kept getting a little more specialized, but I still didn't go into that field. So what did you, kind of as a, coming out of high school, what, what were your plans or what did you aspire to do, and then kind of what has actually been your work history from time you've left basically high school? I feel like a lot of my life has been sort of an accident all along you know like everything is <laughs> nothing has been all that intentional and uh, I graduated high school my very best friend in town his dad was a doctor at the hospital so glad and they lived in a much a larger house than I grew up in with a lot more resources and they seemed to be having a much better life so I first wanted to have I wanted to be a doctor and then I realized the sciences maybe weren't for me and I sort of like fell backwards into an econ class in my I think my second year of, of college and, or, and that sort of opened up a whole world to me where economics made sense. Uh, it, why it happened, my, my 
my mother, Jean, who works with us part-time at the office, when I was in high school, she bought me a, a couple of shares of, of stock of this small company down in, in Connecticut, and I've always been a pretty good business student and math student, uh, and that sort of opened my world. Like I, like I say to people, I had a subscription to the Wall Street Journal in high school because I was following this one stock that I owned, and that sort of informed me, and so economics sort of helped out, and, and but I didn't... I didn't really want to graduate and work in on Wall Street. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I worked construction when I was in college to pay for college, and then I worked as a construction project manager for about seven years um, and went into a staffing agency in Denver, Colorado then. You know, how I got there is sort of another story, but I was in Denver, Colorado, went to a staffing agency and was trying to have them help me land a job more be more IT related or in the more technology. This is pre dot com bubble burst version one. You know, it was like ninety eight, ninety-nine. And um I uh they just said to me, why don't you work here? And everything sort of happened after that. I, I was I was uh right out of the box, very successful with the company. I made a, a ton of placements. I was lauded upon and it was quickly promoted through that company. Um, so that's how I got into the staffing thing, but everything up until then sort of happened in a happenstance, unfocused, uh, unplanned fashion. And the reason why the RAMP program speaks to me and the reason why I believe in it so much is that, you know, when I was graduating high school, um, it might have been smart, and I would argue that I dare say that anybody who's graduating high school, I don't care if you're heading to Harvard, uh, it's arguable that if you spent one year working in a variety of different companies, seeing what is out there, understanding a little bit more about the world, maybe allowing yourself to grow up for one more year, you might be a better student no matter where you go. You might be a little bit more intentional, and you might have a, a, a career that starts off earlier, starts off more successfully, and you won't sort of find yourself mired in the situation that so many high school, college graduates find themselves in where they, they, they ponder whether or not they've piled up a bunch of debt, taken a bunch of courses, learned a bunch of things that aren't really speaking to them, but they sort of went through the motions because that was sort of what was expected of them. It's always so fun to speak after David. <laughs> Comes so naturally to him. Um, so I guess leaving high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I really thought business was a good option for me. Um, I thought I'd live in a big city. I wanted to just go where the action was. Um, <laughs> here I am. Um, but, um, but I worked for several years in high school and in college for Terry Miran at the Comfort Inn. And so I, I got an exp a good amount of exposure to the hospitality industry loved that and really thought that I would probably ultimately do something with the hospitality industry. Um, you know, in, in college, or I guess leaving high school, going into college, it wasn't even a thought for me because I think going to college immediately after high school for me delayed my um, need to make a decision on what I was going to do with the rest of my life. Um, you know, I think what David said is, is true and we talk about it all the time. I would have been far better off had I had a year of experiencing different types of work, um, you know, perhaps knowing what existed right in my own community, um, that I didn't have to leave the area to 
seek what it was that I thought I maybe needed or wanted. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad for the experiences I had. I, I've lived in several places around the country to end up back in Plattsburgh. Um, and I'm a different person for it. And I think that also speaks to what we're doing with the RAMP program, giving these individuals who are quite possibly going into the workforce immediately anyway, it's giving them an experience, it's giving them another option, some ability to decide what it is they like, what they're good at, what um, maybe they see themselves doing down the road. And um, you know, Meg and I talk about this a lot, and, and I guess we all do, but these individuals who are currently graduating and going into the workforce, we're seeing them in our office down the road anyway. They come to us several years down the road and they've had some work experiences that for whatever reason didn't stick with them. And now we're faced with these individuals who still kind of don't know what it is they want to be doing, but they need our help getting them into a job, a meaningful <clears throat> career perhaps. And for us, it's, it's challenging at times because maybe they've worked at a lot of the different companies that are hiring right now and quite possibly they've burned a bridge here and there or they made a couple of decisions that they look back on and regret because they were young and didn't know what they were doing or, or just you know, had different priorities at the time. And so we're hoping to meet them at a much earlier stage in their life and in their careers. And as, as we mentioned before, they, they go into these entry level jobs, getting that experience. So when we do see them, and hopefully we will see them three, four, five years down the road, now they'll be looking for our help to advance their careers. Yeah, so I grew up in Connecticut, and as a kid, my big thing was I always wanted to be a writer. And when I got into high school, it became apparent very few people make a living as a creative writer. That's not very realistic. So I thought that the next best option would be to uh, go to school for teaching. I was an education major my first year and a half of college. I did a bit of student teaching and I just found it wasn't for me. I didn't want to be stuck in a classroom. To me that just felt too restrictive to have a syllabus that you had to stick to, all of those regulations, that standardized testing. I just that being having gone through that as a kid, I didn't want to be responsible then for doing that to others. So <laughs> I went back to just being a straight writing political science major and when I graduated from college I still had that passion for wanting to work with children or high schoolers whatever age demographic it might be so I spent a few years working as an assistant center director and marketing director for a brain balance achievement centers in New Jersey and we would work with kids who had all sorts of issues, whether it was autism or psychological problems, providing them with the guidance, coaching that they needed to kind of be a successful individual, be confident in themselves. And I know that's something that I felt a lot of those experiences, they've really stuck with me. And now working with the RAMP program, I get to be back in that spot where I can be a positive influence on someone else, which is an amazing feeling and it sounds a bit selfish, but when you can, you have that opportunity to change someone's life and really turn things around for them. And with the RAMP program, you're stepping in at such an important time. When I left high school, my family was moving. They were four or five hours away from myself. I did not have this 
huge support system, I was totally alone where I was in college. And we have participants that they don't have the greatest support systems, but we're there for them. We step in, we help them figure out what it is that they want to do, coach them through that. How often are you with some of these students? Like if you, if you had, I mean, like if you take, I'm just going to say school. I mean, most of the schools you're probably involved with some, some way. So say you're at Peru. How often, like how many times a week, how many times a month, how many times throughout the semester? Sure. That is Kevin. Okay, well, actually, is, yeah. then, then we'll hold off on that. We'll, we'll go, we'll finish it off. We'll go, we'll go in order. Sure. I don't want to, I want to give everybody their, t- their time, but yeah, we'll have, I'll have you answer that after. At this sure. time next year, Sarah will have a really good answer for That's that. That's fine. I know I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. testing it right now. It's kind of like uh, a job interview. No, <laughs> Kevin good. You got is the, job. the one that typically goes into the schools. Um, we do, Meg and I, well, the three of us really, we keep in as close of contact as possible with the different participants in the program. As some of them, they need a much closer relationship than others. So we're texting them, calling them, uh, following up with them on Facebook, inviting them in. So it's really a case by case basis. So it goes above and beyond to just having to go to the school, seeing, it's not like, kind of like, remember the old D.A.R.E. program, you'd go in, yes. the guy would do like a little <laughs> half hour, hour spiel and he's out right, the door. Right, the police officer who hopes for the best. Yeah, I think we had, I think Fabra was ours. <laughs> so I mean, like, I think you go in and like, you, they do that and then they leave and then you right. guys, yeah, come back again. So you guys are, you're, you're, you're keeping that relationship, um, you know, I guess there's more touches than just going out to one time and coming back. It's kind of like oh, we, we really kind of keep an eye on you and yes. really try to foster the growth of what you're trying to do. Yeah, okay. we're following up with them, yeah. building that relationship. We're not someone that just sends them out for an interview, places them in a position and hopes that they do well. We're there for them no matter what it is that they need. They can call, text, email. We'll be there. Cool. So, Meg, go ahead. When I... I didn't know what I wanted to do after high school. No, like no idea. I never really liked school. I just went for the friends and the sports. And, uh, and in fact, my high school guidance counselor would like hound me in the weeks coming to graduation because she needed to put something in the program, like next to my name. And I was defiant, and I was like, I'm not going. Like, put whatever you want. And um, I don't know what actually ended up in there, but I had a lot of pressure from my grandparents and from school to go to college, and I just didn't want to. I wanted a break after high school. So I was nannying, and I was waitressing, and, um, and then the winter after high school, most people know I had a skiing accident, and that like really changed my life. Um, so going back to school later in life was like everything to me. So even though we're saying this is another option for people, we're in no way trying to dissuade people from going to college. We're just saying maybe at after you've had the experience of working um, and getting the... Yeah, the, as like an, another option. Cause I, I don't another think the, option. I don't think the workforce option is put out there enough. At least when I went to school, and I think hopefully things are changing a little bit. I'm going to ask you a little bit, or I'm going to ask you about that after, but mm-hmm. I find that like when we had gone to school, it was more like you, you go to college. Like actually, I would say all of us, is that's the next step. It's just a natural step. It's a, your 13th year, or whatever, his 14th year is now freshman year of college. And I think that a lot of kids right now, especially my thing is coming out of school so ridden with debt that you're so behind the eight ball trying to catch up in a time period where you're making probably the least amount of money you're going to make and you probably have all this debt hanging over you. And that's why you're, I mean, I see it in my industry with housing. You know, that home ownership has been pushed back because people can't afford a down payment and closing costs because we have $300 in student debt or student debt loans you're paying each year for, I don't know, 15, 20 years. Um, so, okay, so keep going. You, 
Well, I don't, I, there's really not much so more. I mean, well, I meant like the job history. So you had no clue what you wanted to do, but oh, then, right. like, so what did, I mean, where were you before? How'd you get to kind of where you're now? Well, after my skiing accident, like that just flipped my whole world upside down, obviously. So there was, I wasn't really focused on, on working as much as just like getting myself to the point where I could mm-hmm. be out and about. Um, and then I still didn't know what I wanted to do. And I, I felt a lot of pressure to go back to school. That really seemed like the only option for me. So I did slowly and I realized that I was good at writing and um, enjoyed English courses. Actually, I did go to, I went to Hudson Valley Community College for two semesters for civil engineering and architecture because I always loved that industry. <laughs> and I thought that's what Store I wanted that in to there, do. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm really bad at math and, and science and I thought I could just like plug through, but... Um, my surveying teacher told me every time I handed in my reports that I, it was like I was the only student in class who's English, who, who spoke English as their first language. Because I was in class with a bunch of like construction guys and they weren't very good at writing their reports but my reports were glowing but I like was bombing the math part of the thing. So I thought I should probably focus on what I'm good at and I, went, I came home and I went back to Clinton Community College um, for liberal, liberal arts, and then I went to SUNY Plattsburgh for English and writing. And you've done that with like strictly business, right? That's yep. And probably, I'm sure many other. Well, just real quick, at, right after I graduated from SUNY Plattsburgh, I took a job in the Clinton County Legislative Office as an auditor. I tortured myself again, I don't know why, with math for two more years, <laughs> and a red pen and a calculator. And so actually, you're the finance person at their office, no. right? With all the payroll. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's actually, David and I first met in the Clinton County Legislative Office because I was doing that job, but I was wanting to do more writing, and somebody introduced me to Betsy Vicencio at Strictly Business, and she invited me to write a story, and it was, it was David Corrier's Insight interview, but I was working full-time, so I asked permission to have him come to the Legislative Office for me to interview him there, and that's really how David and I first met and then from there I I went and I worked full time with Strictly Business. Cool. And yeah. now now we're we're here. Yeah. She had me at hello. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the article actually opened, right? I'm saying <laughs> Hello I'm David Coyer. So, so uh, Kevin, now give give us your uh, your history. Holy smokes, Galen. I'm the so, dinosaur in this room. Well I, I didn't want to say it, but you had mentioned that before when you came here. So I, I'm actually you, you this will be good. Well, I'm looking forward to this. You well, came across on a steamship, right? I was at Ellis yeah. Island. No. <laughs> I saw your name in the book there. So, yeah. Uh, born and raised on my dad's farm, truck farm. Um, I wanted to be a teacher at a young age, but there weren't any teaching gigs. So I said, well, I'll go, in for, I'll go to college for business so I could help my dad on the farm. So I did. And I got a BS in business and uh, went to work for the Grand Union Company uh, for 12 years. Uh, I was a store manager. The last store I managed was in Glens Falls and had 160 employees. We were doing about $16 million a year in retail sales. But I didn't really enjoy it because I wasn't helping people. I wanted to be a teacher. So at 33, I, we had a house in Glens Falls, and I, my wife and I talked it over and decided to change careers, which you know, goes to show you that you can change careers in, in midstream at just about any age. And uh, I went back, got my master's degree at Plattsburgh, 
got a job at Sable Valley, taught 27 years. Uh, during that, and I should have would have taught longer, but I was pretty old when I started. <laughs> so I was 35 when I started. Uh, during that time, I was town justice, town of Plattsburgh for 20 and a half years, did 180,000 court cases. And uh, when I retired, that's how I met Meg, of course. I'd known Meg for years. But People think that's an exaggeration, but it really isn't. That's how many court cases, right? <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> I was going to say, it was a pretty exact number, so I figured he was... Around, and 516 weddings. And I see in the Kavanaugh sign up there, the guy in the upper right-hand corner, I'm going to be doing their wedding next year. Oh, I was invited, so maybe I'll see you there. <laughs> I'll roast you from I'll be, the back. I'll be doing that one. But I was retiring, and I... And I and, and Meg said, I said to Meg, I said, will you do my resume? I, I want to keep working. I want to keep doing something. Well, I'd known Liz from years ago from school, and I liked her. She was a real nice lady, and, uh, and is, of course. And uh, I said, you know, sure. She says, uh, will you go to lunch with uh, Dave and Elizabeth? She said, to just go to lunch. And I said, sure, you know, I, I need to eat. So <laughs> we went to, to lunch, and... And David and Liz are going on and on about this program ramp, and it sounded really good. And they, they, you could tell that they were on fire when they were talking about it. And Meg's just sitting there smiling, big grin, Cheshire grin on her face. And uh, at the end of the lunch, Dave says, you're with us, right? And I said, sure, sure, it sounds like a great idea. Well, I didn't realize it at the time, but they you were... You were, he was talking about <laughs> dessert, right? Yeah. <laughs> he was, he said, he was, and Meg said, and you thought I was going to write your resume. But I've learned so much there. And a little later on, I want to give you some real good success stories and some of the supports that they have provided for young people that have made the transition. I can give you a couple of classic examples of the things you'll get in RAMP that you would never get anywhere else. You, you want to talk about that now? Sure. I want to make sure we get it in because I, I got some <coughs> questions. But I, yeah, no, this is, like I said, I want to make sure you guys kind of focus on this. Well, we had, we've, the first year, was was tough because you know we had to make inroads and you don't just waltz into schools so i was going to schools and we were able to get some some ramp people and they were really good people and i remember this one time we wanted to give them different job experiences and uh david had a client uh that one of our clients and he was he said this this guy is great he'll, he'll do a good job for you we want him to work we want to get a second placement with you and they weren't really enthused. And David went out on a limb. Now, this is his client. This is people we provide the service for. And he went out on a limb and he says, we'll pay, we'll pay his salary for two weeks. If you don't like him, we'll take him back. And if you do like him, he'll stay with you. Guy's still there. Okay, David went out on the limb and said, we'll pay a salary. So you had the with with my wife's permission, I might add. <laughs> and that was a big and the check. finance department <laughs> approved it. Yeah. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. And second, wonderful story of support. We had a nice young lady come in. She was a little bit, you know, or she was very kind of self-conscious, and we interviewed her, and we, we got her in ramp, and she was... She lived quite a distance from where she was placed. So I heard she said, I said, how are you going to get there? And she said, well, my dad's got a car. She neglected to tell me the car didn't work, but she walked about four and a half miles one way to work, to work, and four and a half miles one way back. But I didn't know that. 
And I try to really get involved with these people because they really need that support. And they're, you know, and uh, I got a call from the HR person from the business where she's working. She's still there, by the way. She wanted to stay, so we, we encouraged them to do what they want. And uh, she said, Kevin, uh, I'm just going to use a, a different name. You know, Deb is walking back and forth to work each day. Well, this is a young high school girl, you know, re recently graduated from high school, walking almost five miles to work one way. So I go into Liz. Dave wasn't there at the time. And I go into Liz and I say, Liz, what are we going to do about this? this? This girl has to walk five miles one way to work. That's 10 miles a day, plus she's working her eight-hour shift. Liz says, get her cab for two weeks. We'll pay for it. You aren't going to get that anywhere else but in ramp. Well, guess what? She's still there. Sometimes she still walks, but she's making enough money now to get her own cab, and I think she's helped her father get her car going. You don't get that anywhere yeah. else. That's, it's just a wonderful story in addition to, to what we do. No, so, and if anybody's listening, yes, that is the train that's coming through, so. <laughs> this actually might be, oh, it's a cargo train. You guys are in for a treat, so enjoy, enjoy that nice background for the next minute or so. Um, so, so uh, well, first, what he said, I'm going to talk over this, is, Meg, I want you to, I want you to go into this, and I'm kind of taking this from a, a post that you guys had the other day on Instagram. Um, it was talking about being more confident. And I think one of, the, one of the things that I struggled with when I first got in, so this is my ninth year in real estate, and what I found was as I, I started going into um, doing everything, I came out, I got my license the month I turned 21. So I was young, I was in college, literally picked it up as a part-time gig to do it, you know, to get, not have to serve ice cream anymore, and that was, that was my goal. The problem was I thought it was way too stiff. I came out, I wasn't as open, um, some of you don't know me as well. Sarah's seen me enough at networking events. She'd probably not say that I'm not very open and, out, and outgoing. That's my natural personality. But when I first got in the business, I think there was an intimidation factor, meaning I'm now going up against people that are in their 30s, 40s, 50s. And as a 20, 21-year-old coming out of high school, I was always under the assumption that I'm just this little kid. I'm working, even though I was in a professional workspace, I didn't carry myself with the same level of confidence, partly because I hadn't earned the confidence because I was brand new. But I want, I want you to kind of go into the idea of it, now I can walk into pretty, any, pretty much any situation within my field and I'm as confident as anybody else because I, I, one, I've, like I said, I've earned that, meaning I've, I've put hours and hours and hours into understanding kind of my craft. But the same token too, as a person, I'm much more outgoing in myself and I like to engage with people and meet other people that are the same way. So. Can you kind of talk about a little bit more, and I don't, maybe you weren't the one that posted this, I just figured I'd, I'd pick on you on this one, but um, the idea of, of getting over kind of a hump or, or being confident in going to either a job interview or taking on a new new role, because a lot of these kids are coming from a position, they, they can be the, the high school senior walking down the hallway feeling confident there, but as soon as they step out into the real world, they're back low man on the totem pole. And I find a lot of them, that is a big hurdle to jump over. And a lot of it, I think, is the self-belief aspect. So I really, anybody that would like to answer this, they can. But what's the idea of the, the, the confidence level? Because I think that is key for a lot of people going into any position, but especially young kids going into work. And if anybody did not hear that, um, hopefully you can hear the, the answer. I thought this would be a two-minute one, but this is, this is kind of like one of, the, uh, it's one of the charms of the station. So if anybody wants to know where we're at, our office is... <laughs> Usually right outside, and to be honest, this might be one of the longest trains we've ever seen. So, 
fully for this actually might be long enough to carry your whole office so this would be good so but uh, so so if you guys can just kind of answer the importance of being confident either in the job interview process or and a lot of this I think is something that people have to naturally grow into but I think kind of that important skill of that well, I, if I were to I'll jump in first and then Meg and anybody else who wants to jump into but you know Part of the reason why we feel the RAMP program has the capacity to be successful for so many people is that um, I think building confidence comes from having support and having a safety net and knowing that if you stumble, somebody's going to help you stand back up. If you find yourself in a challenging situation, that you kind of have a mentor in your life to sort of talk to and to help you through it and you know Meg and, and Kevin and now Sarah and Elizabeth and I but you know Kevin has, has did a ton of that for our, our the pilot the participants who were in the ramp program in the pilot year planes taking off right now too so <laughs> <laughs> we're just getting we're just getting started we're getting so all yeah. of it yeah planes, um, trains and courier <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. but um, when you're just graduating high school and you're sort of not confident, say without the RAMP program, we've seen for so many years, and I've been doing the staffing thing now for nearly 20 years, um, people, will, people will walk away or run away from a, a challenge, run away from a conflict as opposed to dealing with it like an adult. And that's not any, that's not pointing a finger at anybody or pointing out what their shortcomings are. It's just because a lot of people don't have the confidence and they don't have the uh, the guidance and they <clears throat> probably haven't had a whole heck, whole heck of a lot of uh, good examples in their lives on how to deal with situations and how to do the right thing and um, when we when we insert ourselves into the situation by providing support we have conversations with the HR manager when things don't go well we have conversations with the ramp participant to let them know that yeah I know you stumbled but hey listen dust yourself off we're gonna help you get back to work we had a conversation with the point of contact at the at the company they don't wanna they don't wanna get rid of you they they understand that maybe something happened maybe you slept through your alarm or maybe you woke up and you had doubts about wanting to go to work and and but we we kinda help people through that and being confident I think uh, is something that I too, you know, sort of struggled with earlier in my life. Uh, you sort of fake it till you make it, uh, and for for a lot of us. But I've learned now, being a father of two young boys, that uh, if you can give kids the support, if you can give people the latitude, if you can give our ramp participants, you know, the knowledge and the the understanding that they do have a team of people behind them, um, I think a lot of confidence comes from that, and I think they'll have more success earlier in their lives. And um, a lot of these. Uh, postings that go out. I don't know if I read them all. I don't know exactly the confidence posting that we're talking about, but I think that that's sort of what we're speaking to when we talk about having confidence. Meg? Yeah. I was going to say exactly what you said. Confidence can come just from having that support. And I'll let Sarah talk about it. I think you probably posted it. I think so. Um, but I just, just want to mention <laughs> real quick. Um, having worked closely with David and Elizabeth and listened to the way that they talk to candidates and clients, um, the hiring process for anyone, ramp or direct hire, it's not black and white and it, there's always room for conversation and that's all it really is, it's conversation. So going into an interview or something that seems really intimidating and scary is um, 
you can give yourself a whole lot of confidence walking in the door and knowing it's just a conversation and it's they're going to hire you if it's a good fit for you and if it's a good fit for them um, and you have as just as much power sitting at that table as the person interviewing you and i think david and elizabeth always relay that to the candidates and that's something that we're trying to do with all of our candidates and our clients as well well i think i think we said well we're, we're both very much the same industries we're both in a service industry um mm -hmm. one of one of my biggest pet peeves of the real estate industry is we're considered licensed real estate salespeople and I, I hate that term because i find in our job i very rarely do i ever feel like i'm selling anybody anything a lot of it is the consulting aspect of it you're hiring us as a consultant um meaning i know them i know my industry very well I got to look at what's your need. My first question I always ask anybody is, especially if people selling, which is very important, is why are you selling? I mean, it, there's a whole host of reasons. I mean, yes, money's a part of it, but I mean, if somebody's got health issues or you have family issues, there's always a bigger want or need in um, anything you do. If you sell a home, you're doing it as a, usually a major life event. It's not just you on a whim, just, I'm just selling my home today, you know? So I always look, it's kind of the same thing, switching jobs for you guys. That's typically a pretty big event in somebody's yeah. life. So. For you guys, knowing that, because yes, you you do survive by recruiting people and everything else, but I find that I'm very big on not really focusing on, I kind of joke with Nicole, like commissions and stuff like that. I mean, that's a byproduct of what I do, but I really have a passion for trying to basically, what's the problem? I know I can solve it, and then let me solve it for somebody that I know cannot solve it. And not, not that I doubt them, but I, I know I'm, I've put more time in, so I've... Again, I, I just have a more higher level of confidence myself than versus, that's why I, like, I always joke, I don't do my own taxes because I can figure it out. I mean, I, I, I don't do my own plumbing or electric because I'd probably be shocked. Huh? You should let me do your taxes. <laughs> yeah, I, you would, might be better because I just get, I'd get very frustrated. But if, but that, so kind of, like I said, touch on that aspect of, there's obviously a huge level of caring coming from any kind of service. I should say successful people that do it, it's, that stick around long-term. For being around 20 years, there's obviously, you, you've, you, if you haven't cracked it, you're pretty darn close to cracking about the point of being more of a service person in a service field about serving others versus, hey, I'm going to look at you as a transaction. And it sounds like a lot of you guys are very much in tune with that as, you know, the ramp program. It's not just, hey, we're going to go see you. How you doing? Okay, I'll check back in next week. It's like you guys are very take, you're taking an active role in people that are, to me, in a very vulnerable spot in their life because there's a lot going on at that time. There's a lot of things running through your mind. There's a lot of, you know, ups and downs and uncertainties. So kind of if you can expand on just you guys as a service industry and the clients that you serve and kind of what your goal is with everybody that you meet. Well, I think most people in this room have heard me talk about this story from early on in my, my um, I guess, career. I, when I first graduated from college, I came to Plattsburgh and my dad was a teacher at Plattsburgh High School and I started substitute teaching right away. And of course, you know, if they didn't call me, occasionally my dad would say, oh, well, I'm not going to work today, so you need to go in and sub. <laughs> and, and I would sub for his classes. I did the same for my mom, so yeah. <laughs> Um, so there, there was a, a particular class that he had that I think he was out all week and I was covering it and it was, you know, one of the end of the day classes. It was maybe, you know, the kids who needed this to graduate, maybe they've already failed it a couple of times and they're just in there hanging on by a thread. And I said to my dad one day that week, I don't know how you do it. You know, that class, they're just brutal. They're, they're almost mean and they come in and you can't get their attention. 
And he said, you know, what you have to keep in mind is that, and he said, I keep this with me every day. Some, some of those kids, some of the people that you run into, you might be the best part of their day. And that was, for me, a turning point, pretty much in my life. You know, a, a way to look at people and to understand where somebody else might be coming from. And so when we opened our business, it's pretty much been our MO. And everyone that works with us knows that we want to be the best part of the people's day who are coming into our office. You know, every time somebody new, somebody returns, somebody comes in and, and is in contact or in communication with anybody on our team, we want to make sure that they had a good experience. And, you know, changing jobs or looking for a job or being fired from a job is possibly one of the hardest things that people face. And especially if we're talking about the RAMP program, these individuals who are going into the workplace and they have no idea what to expect. And so, you know, we've talked a lot about RAMP and attracting those individuals, but even prior to their first day of work, we help them with what to expect, who to talk to. Um, if we are able to do an orientation and get them a tour of the place that they're going to be working and to meet the HR individuals that they'll be communicating with, then we certainly do that. But it's all an effort to help these people understand what they're getting themselves into, one, and two, just make sure that we're a positive impact on them. So, so when you guys go in for like the RAMP program, and I'm probably gonna swing this back over to Kevin. So Kevin, when you go meet these kids at the school, typically what is it? Is it presentation? Do you bring in people? Do you, do you actually run, like kind of what's a typical, I say typical, but I'll use that loosely, as like what would you do when you go into the classroom with kids? What we do is we I uh, go and do some advanced planning. We go to see the guidance counselor and or the principal, sometimes the superintendent, and they've all been very welcoming because they realize that there's a need for this program, and some of them are really actually pretty excited about it. And uh, what I do is I set up with, it varies from school to school. Some schools will allow me to present uh, in, in the classroom setting for an entire day uh, government and economics class, usually 12th grade. Uh, the, I feel this ties in nicely with economics, and you know, I present the RAMP program to these to these students, and uh, tell them what it's like. And uh, I might go through class by class. Some schools it might be an auditorium setting. Some schools it might be half and half. Uh, what we're trying to do now is I would like to have informational seminars at schools. Uh, talking not just about the RAMP program, but getting ready for work, what's in, what it entails a lot, like what Liz just said. And I've got, I've got some, I've made some real good progress with some superintendents because they realize that there's a, a terrific need in, to get these, these people supported through transition, and that's what RAMP does. Yeah, and I just wanted to jump in. Um, Meg brought up, we're also trying to get into going into the habit of uh, open houses with the different schools in the area so that it's not just the students that we're reaching out to, but their parents also, so that they're aware there's another option for their child. Well, I want to, this is something, and how are we doing on time for you guys? We're good. Okay. okay. One of the things that I, I've, I've gotten much bigger into over the last couple of years is the whole term of networking and meeting people. And I find that my, 
by increasing my sphere of just like awesome people that I've been able to kind of align with that I've right. just I've had a lot more fun in my day. We've, we've talked about, yeah. I, I didn't know you were a, a oh, shout out founding member, founding board member of the Adirondack Young Professionals right. and uh, <laughs> throw that out there. And then obviously I know that you've all been involved in at some point. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's just an, in, or that's a group of people that I just have a lot of good friends with. I went to uh, breakfast with one of the girls this morning and I'm playing in a charity golf tournament on Friday with a, three other guys and so we have a blast with it but one of the things that I always see is I always see you guys and that's everywhere and that's anything you guys do that's business expo that could be a little event that could I mean it just seems that you guys are everywhere Um, from somebody that I take pride in in marketing and branding and all that so I I do you know I, I, I see the benefit of that too but there's also the idea of you do that but there's you're putting yourself out there you're in the community I'm sure you guys are having a ton of conversations but kind of go into your goals, I mean, one, you're everywhere, so I know you support a lot of stuff, but you're very big in the community, at least it seems to be from, and I'm, I'm sure you guys you know, can definitely vouch for that, I've, I've read most of your bios, so, uh, but if you guys can kind of go into that aspect of what's, go into like, just, I mean, Coyer staffing out in the public, not inside, but I mean, the stuff that you guys do outside of the walls of your industry, um, or outside of your office. What do we do? What don't we do? You know, we're that's kind of where I'm going. You're probably easier yeah. to figure that out. You no, know, we we like well, we're we're people that live in the community and we care about the community. We live here. Um, we have kids in the schools. We care about people um, in general. Um, sort of bouncing off of what you said earlier. You know, you don't like the term salesperson. Um, we don't talk about placements at Coyer Staffing. We don't talk about fee how much how much money did you generate this month in fees which how much gross margin did you collect because it doesn't speak to anybody who really is in our business for the right reasons uh instead we talk about how many people are you helping how many people do you have out working how are you sort of impact are you taking care of your company your client companies are they are we really helping them attract the best people that we can and I think that, you know, part of that, um, if you're really going to be authentic to yourself, you know, the job doesn't end, it doesn't start at eight and it doesn't end at five. You, uh, I'm on the board of the United Way, and that's a, a really powerful organization in the North Country. And um, every time I go to the board meetings and we hear from a nonprofit organization that's doing really interesting work for sometimes those who are most challenged in the community, it just helps me even more realize that everything that we do is we're helping people who through our ramp program or just helping people who amble into our office and say they're having a difficult time um, we spend tens of thousands of dollars a year on on, on taxis for a whole host of people uh, just to help them get to work we buy boots we've done all kinds of different things for for people um, my wife's involved in the in the uh, backpack program she's the president of of that and uh, I'll let her talk about that but we there is well, first of all what we try to do is we try to have everybody who works at Coyer Staffing sort of be involved in an authentic way uh, that speaks to them we don't mandate much um, which might be a <laughs> maybe a problem but um, we want people to do what really again speaks to them that they feel passionate about um, I like helping people. I've always liked helping people. I've always liked being a voice and a support for people who have, who have less than I have, who who maybe have come from challenging means, who, um, for whatever reason, uh, the deck isn't necessarily stacked in their favor, and try to sort of right that wrong a little bit every day. Um, you want to talk about your what you do? I'll say something real quick, sure. if you don't mind. Um, you said 
outside of the four walls of courier staffing. But which I know is your business, but I'm saying I guess well, you know, say what maybe you said inside, but I'm thinking we have a hundred plus employees who are not within the walls of courier staffing and they're within the walls of other businesses, other physical businesses, and they're still part of this courier community, and that's our mission is to grow that community by reaching out to each one of those people and letting them know that they're part of this community. What they do every day matters, whether it's at work or out in the community or at home. So, so I think this will, this will be good. Good segue. Um, so one, one of the things that you tie in with that and, and being out in the community is one of our big things that we've kind of started to brand within our company is the idea that local matters. And that's we've put on pretty much everything. Every post I've ever put on Instagram has hashtag local matters. I think you see it on probably all the banners. Um, and we've just taken... It's a very simple reminder that for us being in a small town, we're, we're an independent company like you guys are. Um, you know, and it's obviously I, we, a lot of the stuff that you guys are saying about startups and how to, you know, what, what you do and the company culture and stuff is all things that I'm really trying to focus on and grow. And I haven't been doing it for a long time, so I'm always, to me, I'm always trying to get better at stuff. But it's the idea of like, I kind of want to go ask all of you is, what's local matters mean to you guys? And I know. That you're very much in the community, but like, yeah, just kind of expand on that because that's our that's our big thing. And and I mean, local matters to me just means supporting your local individuals. There's a reason why I I feel very passionate about staying in this area to try to better the area versus taking you know my effort or or you know whatever I can provide for this area and take it elsewhere. I I much rather reinvest it into where I grew up, where my kids will hopefully. You know, potentially stay if they, if they want to. You know, and I have family and stuff. So, what's the local matters mean to you guys? Sure. So, I moved here with my husband about five years ago, and when we first came up to Plattsburgh, it was kind of a much quieter community. And we have found over the last couple of years that people have really invested a lot in revitalizing the downtown, providing all of these different opportunities, whether it's to younger individuals or just professionals in general and I've come to feel that the idea of local matters it's ensuring that those opportunities are available to people in their own communities and that those opportunities turn around and benefit the community in kind of an ongoing sense that it's not something that just ends after a few months that you're just building and building upon upon positive impacts and making Plattsburgh this vibrant community that people want to stay in and not graduate from high school go to college and never come back but stay here and even people from elsewhere that they see Plattsburgh and they want to move here raise a family and grow their lives it's a beautiful place there's a lot going on and people don't always realize that so the local matters that's it's huge and i love seeing that on your facebook and in general yeah you will for many years (laughs) (laughs) it's great i mean sean and i have come to just love this area we never planned on staying and we ended up we bought a house and we're invested in staying here long term I don't, know yeah. where, I don't know where I have it, right there. <laughs> buying a home builds our community, so that's our thing. If you buy a home here, no matter where you buy it, you're buying, you decided to invest some portion of you know, your life in our area, so that's another big thing yeah. that we, we, we really believe in in that, so perfect, I love it. Talk about that. About? Oh, 
Well, David mentioned that I've, I've been the chairperson for our local um, Community Action Angels, which operates our backpack program for the local school district. And, um, and through that, we end up um, affecting the lives of many children in our community. If you don't know what it is, we provide uh, food of backpack, a backpack full of food on Fridays. The kids take it home with them on, for the weekend, and they have food to provide for themselves until they get back to school on Monday, where they have the breakfast and lunch provided for them. Uh, but it's a wonderful program. We also run the foster care um, bags that are set up for children going into foster homes. They um, often won't have any belongings that, are, that they take with them, so we provide the bags full of things for them based on the age that they are. Um, and it's, it's just a wonderful program, but it's certainly focused on our community and helping out. But I think that for Courier Staffing, um, you know, we're, our internal employees are always, we're always encouraging, as David says, everyone to do something that they're passionate about. For me, it was a backpack program. Um, but anything that people, you know, one of our employees just recently this summer was on a, a sailing crew, and, and he loved that. But through that, he made connections, he met a lot of people, and, um, and we love that. You know, we love having the different flavors of, of people's backgrounds within our four walls, and, and we can relate to so many people through that. But our ramp program is built entirely on improving and helping the community. Um, you know, the workforce is the focus of our ramp program. And these individuals who are going in the workforce today are going to be in the workforce tomorrow and many years to come. And we feel like every year, the more individuals that we can help out through our ramp program, the better our workforce and therefore our community will be. No, 100%. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Maybe you're going to say something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you we said buying a home builds our community. Um, having a job, a good job, builds our community, and you can't buy a house unless you have a good job. <laughs> no, 100%. <laughs> I, I, well, actually, that's funny you say this, because one of the questions I had, and I know obviously you're involved with the town and, and council, is I'm very bullish on the area, but obviously you have a first-hand look at you know what's actually happening, you know, kind of around the area of, of in regards to economics and, and everything else. Like, what what do you think going forward? Like, what's your view five, ten, fifteen, twenty years from now? I mean, what's the vision? I mean, I've talked to Mike about this before, and I, I mean, Michael is uh, Michael Cashman is such a proponent of our area and saying you know I think he he carries the Adirondack Coast kind of banner on his, on his back a lot of times. And I, and I know you're, you're definitely you know, in part of that. So what do you think the job interview, now that you, because you, you have a unique situation being on kind of both fronts here. So what do you think going forward, like how's it look? Like what do you, what's? Well, I'll answer, I was gonna, my local matters answer was gonna be taking it a little bit more literally, like the actual matters. That are, that are important and local. And from a town perspective, it's our water and it's our roads and it's our parks and our recreation and the infrastructure that allows all of the economic development to happen here. Um, so that to me is local matters. And if we don't have really good planning and really good leadership around that, a lot of the other stuff isn't possible. Um, if we're looking at the economic development stuff, people like Gary Douglas and John Vermette and the folks who have been working for the last 25 years to bring this cluster of transportation manufacturing here, I think we've, we're only just getting started. And as far as ramp, being that entry level 
um, introduction into that world for our, our local youth and young adults. Um, right now there's a need for middle skills, but we can't get that middle skills problem solved without solving the entry level um, gap. So we start, we start making that the, the option for local graduates to be part of their community and understand what matters locally. Yeah. Yeah, and, and local matters. Um, I really feel like a community can only be, you know, <clears throat> as successful as they possibly can be is if every single participant in the community feels like they're part of the community. And I feel very passionately that, um, and part of what I want Coyer staffing to be is I want us to sort of be a beacon in the community that anybody can come to our office at any point in time and sit down with one of our recruiters and talk about what's challenging them in their lives. And if, even if we can't personally help them with this specific situation, we are always going to be a conduit and a connector to other services that exist, whether it be BHSN or, or any other type of uh, what it might be, maybe there's a, maybe they need help with transportation. Maybe we can point them in the direction of available childcare or whatever. But just letting somebody know that in their bleakest moment, in their in their most uh, down and out time, that uh, that they do have a neighbor, that they do have somebody here who can talk to them, and and in addition to that, just anybody. And I think that we all sort of flourish. We all are better people for that. And a lot of the ills that are that are happening across the country, whether it's school shootings or any other type of really <clears throat> kind of deplorable situations can be sort of ameliorated, can be improved by having a community that, that cares and sort of looks at the neighbor and recognizes that their lawn hasn't been mowed in a month and, and you don't necessarily have to go over there and charge them. Maybe you mow their lawn for free. Maybe you sort of find out what's going on. What is the challenge? And not just sort of just drive blindly by on the way to work, just uh, caring about your own personal financial situation, but sort of wrapping your arms around, around uh, uh, people when they're having a tough time. Um, that speaks to me and, and, and it means a lot to me and I'd love to see us as an organization that sort of fosters that and reminds people that uh, we can only be as, uh, we can only be as strong as our lowest common denominator, you know? Well, I think I mentioned it to Kevin before we started and one of my favorite quotes is a rising tide raises all ships. Right. I'm, I'm such a big believer in, and I, I'm doing obviously on a, on a I'd say an entry level in the sense of we talked about with a lot of my friends and helping them get their, you know, little maybe side project on, up, up off the ground or if they're in a new industry or, or promoting them. And a lot of it is, I call cross promoting everybody. But um, I think that's so important is just like you said, it's just being positive, being everybody kind of paddling towards the same North Star, which hopefully, like I said, we're all going to be around for a long time and we will hopefully be able to enjoy it. And then Kevin, you'll be here. Don't worry. You'll be here. And see him rolling his eyes. We're, we're going we're gonna to end up, like I said, hopefully leaving it better. I have two young children also, and I kind of look at it as this is hopefully something that we can put our mark on as like a really good generation that did it. So I think it's kind of cool. But um, anything else anybody wants to, to mention, bring up? Floor is yours. I just want to say this. If, if you are, we're all in the people business and service industries and quarter staffing, Kavanaugh Realty, et cetera. We are in the people business. And if, I know, I know that I can, I can sense this from you, and of course I felt it at Courier, that if you do the right thing, if you do the right thing, your business will flourish naturally. You won't have to worry about it. You know, you just, you're, you're taking care of people, you're helping people. 
whether you're putting them in a home that they that they probably wanted for a long time or if you're finding them a job that they've needed i mean you're helping people and the business end of it will take care of itself yeah i think you talked about like money thing when every time every year i write my goals down there's not one time I've ever written down the volume that we sell. It's always the, like for me, it's units, but that's how many families we can help. And I've, since year one, that's the only thing I've ever tracked. And it's, it's a good number to track. That's a very good, like, was it KPI? That's a, that's a good number. That's what I always look at. So yeah, hundred percent. Meg? Sarah? <laughs> you guys all set? Just say anything else you guys want to add? You're... No, I think that, um, what I love about the local matters is that uh, we are certainly not going to be just in this community. We already have some, uh, we're already starting, there's been a, a real strong interest to have ramp out in St. Lawrence County, and so we're starting that now. We know that there's a strong interest for ramp over in Vermont, and we're sort of having conversations with some businesses over there. Um, we really believe that, you know, and I think that you could probably, you know, do something in a similar vein. Um, we're building Coyer staffing, and we're sort of trying to perfect the model but sort of tweak it as we go and sort of have something that sort of works and uh, the way in which we go about our business every day and the, the better that we can do that the more that we can sort of positively impact not just this community but other communities in New York State and maybe New England and um, I really like the notion that uh, you know kind of taking taking what we're building from one community to another and still having that local matters because in that next community the local matters is it's the same to their community. Same, same to their community yeah. and uh, to me that's just exciting I like it a lot cool yeah and I think you mentioned earlier that you see us everywhere and we are everywhere I mean I think our, our goal and we all have this interest in meeting as many people locally as we can we want to know you it doesn't matter if you're looking for a job or if your daughter or son or family member is looking for a job. We want to meet you. You never know what doors might open. And if we don't know you and we, we haven't met you, then we're not going to be able to help with that. So yeah, 100%. speaks to that. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so um, good. All right. Good. Anything else? Are we signing up? This is, this is Meg, like the most people have ever had, so I want to make sure that everybody's got their chance to say the final piece. Yeah, the final word. Go around the table. Meg? Oh, just thanks for letting us do this. Yeah. And, no, I appreciate and it. This is cool. This, this is the I, first time in the conference room, too, because you guys outgrew my office, which is good. Yeah, it's funny, because David started ADKYP. I was involved in it, like, five years ago. Galen, now your, your crew is, like, so enthusiastic you, about it. You, you were the first... <laughs> You actually, I think, took my my membership the first time I signed up. I remember Meg doing that. So she was on the money she, at one point. She was handling the money. So oh, no. she, she, uh, she, yeah, I, I think it was, I think it was whatever I paid. I think that was right twenty five so, bucks yeah. or something. So uh, no, I, I, yeah, it's phenomenal, phenomenal group of people, all yeah. very like minded. I think you should invite Phase Two. I think you should invite the rest of our team. We, we could totally do that. Peter, Peter would love it. We yeah. could totally do it. Like I said, I got I got extra seats. Had I known, we could have. We can pass the mic around. So, um, but no, we'll end there. Like, let us get back into our uh, actual work day and letting you guys help out more people. So, uh, I appreciate you guys all coming in, uh, guys. If you want to check them out, obviously, actually, why don't you guys give us the contact just so I don't screw it up? Sarah, why don't you give us the contact and the. Uh, sure. So if you're interested in exploring opportunities available to yourself in your own community, uh, our offices are located at 173 Margaret Street in Plattsburgh. You can also give us a call at 518-324-5678 or visit our website at couriersstaffing.com. And you can also find us across all social media channels. 
So you see us everywhere in public. We're it, everywhere it, online. <laughs> one month and she did that perfect. I'm even that. That's great. So, um, well, I, I want to thank you guys all for coming out. And again, thank you for everything that you guys are doing and will continue to do. Hopefully, like I said, we can we can hit that North Star of moving our uh, area forward. So, uh, everybody, that is episode 48 of the Galen Trombley Show with the, the half choir staffing. A lot, a lot of them, but they're great people. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.